I want to go first Samuel chapter 25 very quickly and I won't stand. I won't stand before you long, but I want to share with you something the Lord dropped in my spirit. First Samuel chapter 25 verse 14 through verse 18. First Samuel chapter 25 verse 14 through verse 18. One of the servants told Abigail Nabal's wife, David sent messages from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, there were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his entire household. He's such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sears of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on the donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. And all of God's people said, amen. If you would just share with me just a few moments and help me uh, minister this message, just tell the person beside you, tell them, get in the middle. Get in the middle. Uh, the word revival is being used a lot now in our hour. Uh, we have this desire to see uh, express movement of God in our latter day. The fulfillment of prophecy that declares that the reign of the latter house should be greater than the former. There is a group of us who believe that the church will not go out like this. That we'll go out the same way we came in and that's with power. With miracles and signs and wonders. We will not be a decapitated body but we'll be connected to the head. Hallelujah. There are many of us to believe that the Lord has held back his coming. Because I still do believe he's coming. But he's held back his coming. He's fixed it because his desire is that no man should be lost. Revival. But really what is revival? Because oftentimes we define words based upon our cultural lenses and our own human experiences. For some people a revival is... You know, uh, a week service with different preachers or a popular preacher coming in town with a great artist singing. Some people, a revival is limited to people coming out of wheelchairs and blind eyes coming open. And all those things not only are good, but they're needful and necessary. But the truth is, the essence of revival is a turning back to God. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's really a turning back to God. It's us coming back alive again. Now, somebody would say, you know, hold on, but we're here. We don't need revival. We're on fire for God. But you know, it's possible to do church without doing God. You can do ministry. You can do marriage. You can end up doing life on autopilot. The Bible says in the last days that not many would depart from the church. It says many would depart from the faith. That means it would be possible to do this but not really believe in this. Glory be to God. 
You know the song lyrics. Well, at least as long as they're on the screen, we know the song lyrics. And we can just fall into the mundane routine of looking the part. And the Bible said they would have a form of godliness. Y'all better talk to me here. But denying the power. Scream at somebody. Tell them, I want the power. I want the power. You can have the position, but I want the power. You can have the title, but I want the power. You can have the limelight and the microphone, but I want power with God. Is there anybody other than me? You still want to see the Bible made manifest. It's a returning back to God and what God desires and what God wants for our lives. Because there is this. Uh, Greco-hedonistic culture that's been birthed among us, not Christian hedonism that says that our passion is fulfilling the will of God, but this Greek hedonistic culture that says it's all about me. It's what makes me feel good. But I often say you haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. Uh, I won't know I won't get much shout right there. But but uh, don't tell me what you got from God. Tell me what you gave up for God. See, our culture tells you, do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel happy. But it ain't about my happiness. It's about fulfilling God's purpose. It's not about, it's not about what makes me feel good. Hallelujah. That's a byproduct of walking in the will of God. But there are moments walking with God are send you through an ugly season. Hallelujah. It'll be, we have an unhealthy relationship with suffering. Because people in certain movements begin to teach us that if we have enough faith, we won't suffer. If you got enough faith, you'll never have financial challenges. Y'all quiet on me in here. If you got enough faith, you'll never get sick. Hallelujah. But then I read another scripture that says many are the afflictions of the righteous. See, if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't have the testimony that he's a healer. Hallelujah. If I never had, if I had all the money I needed for the assignment, I wouldn't know him to be Jira. Do I got at least 50 people in here that says he stepped in? Huh? He might have been last minute, but he was on time. Scream at somebody, tell him, I know him to be Jira. I know him to be Jira. And so this is a turning back to God, turning back to the heart of God. Not I'm using God to make me look good. No, no, no. Because some people won't serve unless the leaders can see them. You know, you know. But if no one calls my name, hallelujah. If I never get close to my pastor, it's okay. As long as he got a word for God for my life, when I get to church, I'll serve on the door. Put me in the parking lot. I'll be good because I didn't come over here for friends. I came over here for God. your motives were, were revealed when you got offended alright let me move on and so then what does it look like when revival takes place what will it look like because oftentimes we're distracted by the past we really are we're distracted by the past because when we have conversations we say do you remember when pastor so and so was living and do you remember Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Coleman do we remember these revivals of times past and this bishop and mother so-and-so? And you have to realize I am a historian and a lover of the former Pentecostal and charismatic spirit-filled movements. Yes, I go to, I'll go to Los Angeles just to stand on the porch of the Bonnie Bray house and go to the cemetery and honor William Seymour. I believe in all of that. 
But the past should fuel us, not distract us. Because for some of us in our mindsets, the greatest thing that God has ever done is behind us. But I got at least 30 people in here that says, no, no, no. God did some things in the past. But I believe the past, the past is still, I need to hear the shout of those who believe there's another move coming. There's another wave coming. Somebody jump up and shout and we're in the middle of it. We're in it right now. Look at somebody from your church telling we're in it right now. We're in it right now. The Bible says, behold, I will do a new thing in you. But when it happens, will you know it? It's possible to be in the middle of it and miss it. Because what we do, we build monuments to methods until we miss the move. Now, God is a healer. Y'all know God is a healer, right? How many of y'all believe God is a healer? He's a healer. We know him to be a healer. But when you look in the scripture, God didn't always heal the same way. Sometimes he laid hands. Somebody touched his seats or the fringes of his delete. You know, spit on the ground. <laughs> put it on somebody's face. And if God would have only did it that way, we would have a whole denomination called spit on my face. Church of the living God. Of the Baptist faith. You know, we would build because we're good for building monuments to methods. But God don't want us to get caught up in the method. He wants us to be caught up in the move. He didn't say he God doesn't deal with still water because still water builds up algae and it causes the water to stink. He says, believe on me as the scripture have said and out of your belly shall flow rivers, rivers, rivers. I came over here not to get on a pond tonight. I came over here to get in a river. Uh, that's why I'm at New Beginnings because I want to be in the river because there's life in the river. <laughs> I said there's life, there's healing in the river, there's deliverance in the river push three people in your section tell them don't miss the move don't miss the move because when God gets ready to move he may not use your best friend when God gets ready to move hallelujah he can do it without the praise team ever turning on the microphones when God get ready to move the preacher may not ever ever get up to preach and if you keep on getting mastering the method you're going to miss the move of God come miss the move of God because he's doing a new thing so how do we know one, uh, one of the greatest signs, I believe, that we're going to know that we're in this move of God, in this great revival, is when there's a resurrection of evangelism. Of evangelism. Like, where we start having Jesus talk again. Now, there's some people who have church talk. How many members you got? How much money y'all raise? You know, who over there leading your worship? Who your musicians? They have church talk, but they don't have Jesus talk. <sighs> ask the person beside you, ask him, who do you have Jesus talk with? Now answer them, answer them, answer them. Who do you have Jesus? Who can you get up and say, you know what? The Lord gave me a dream last night. And in this dream, do you know what it means? Well, who is the person that you can call and says, I was reading yesterday at lunchtime and God dropped in my spirit. But see, what people tell, that call you, you too spooky, you too spiritual, you too deep. But let me tell you something, the opposite of deep is shallow. And I done did that before. 
If you want to stop falling out of the bed, get all the way in. And that's why so many of us keep falling out because we're around carnally minded church people. Somebody shout, I need all of this. I need the Bible study. I need the prayer meeting. I need the small groups. I need to speak in tongues. I need to dance. I need to turn around. I need to fall out in the floor. You're trying to figure out what you don't need. I need all of it. I need all of it. Put the holy oil on me. Wrap me up in a prayer shawl. I know, my God. Because see, when you when you fall in love with him, you want everything that comes with him. Give me the bumper sticker. Give me the keychain. I want all of it. I want all of it. When, when this move of God is happening, we'll know it because there'll be a resurrection of evangelism in us. We'll start having Jesus talk. We'll start telling people about Jesus. Let me tell you something. Now, when I grew up in church, in the classical Pentecostal church, not the new, not the new kind, the, the classical, the classical Pentecostal church, the classical Pentecost. We had something what you call testimony service. Oh, y'all, oh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Pastor Christina, let me tell you what that was. <laughs> that's my friend. That's my friend. It was what? It was before. It was pre-praise and worship days. Kobe, I want you to find this key, but you got to play all the keys. I know God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, I know God is. A... That's how they. You had to play in every key. Because nobody gave you the song set. <laughs> you just yelled out a song and they had to start picking it up. <laughs> Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. Have you tried Jesus? You didn't need a screen because all the words have been just call and response. If you didn't know them words by then, something was just a little wrong. Uh, and in testimony service, they gave people an opportunity to just get up and share their testimony. And it always started out with first giving unto God. Who is the head of my life <laughs> he could have been second but you won't gonna say that you're gonna say he is the head of my life and then you have to honor your leaders i miss those days because now we we call our pastors by their first name and i'm not coming against nobody's uh cultural nuances but now we become so common with our leaders that we don't respect them I know y'all ain't got tight on me in here. Don't worry. He only got me for one night. I mean, I may not have to come back to him. Now, listen, I love my pastors and I love the humility of my leaders, but I'll never take advantage of it. Well, he's just a man like I am. Oh, oh, hold on. No, no. He has a responsibility that I don't have. He has. I only got an answer for my soul, but he got an answer for all of our souls. <laughs> And that's why two people in my life you can't talk about. You can't talk about my mama and you can't talk about my pastor. My mama brought me into this world. My pastor going to preach me out of this world. And before you put your mouth on my leader, you got to understand my pastor covered me in some seasons of my life. There were moments I was dealing with suicidal thoughts and depression. And without a conversation, God put a word in his mouth. Oh, y'all done got quiet on me. I need you to open up your mouth and thank God for your leader. 
Because the Bible says, believe God, you'll be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Somebody shout, my prosperity is in the mouth of my prophet. Y'all be seated, y'all be seated. And so because of that, you can never draw successfully from a place you don't honor. Uh-oh. So we would say, first give it on the guard to our pastor. First lady, supposed to be only lady, but you know what I'm saying. All the elders, all the deacons, saints and friends. And we said friends, saints and friends, because friends were the people who came to church and they won't save yet. We just called them friends. And then we would testify. Now, you know, as time went on, we had to cut it out because people would tell everything extra details that we didn't need to know i was at work and i fell on the floor and i hurt my back and the floor had this green and white mixture in the marble and it had different squares didn't need to know that but it's still important that we testify you don't need a microphone in church to testify we need to testify because the testimony is not just for the hearer, but the testimony is also for the speaker. Have you ever been telling somebody something that God did for you a long time ago? And while you were telling it, the tears welled up in your eyes like you didn't even know how the story was going to pan out. Have you ever started testifying about something God did for you? And as you were rehearsing the story, it increased your faith to make you feel like if he did it before, he can do it again. Oh, my God. The Bible says, says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means all of you who have never experienced God's redemption power, sit there and be quiet. But them who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you ought to say so. You ought to say, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And the word of, I need to hear the sound of the blood washed believers. Hallelujah, he saved me. I said, he saved me. I need you to touch somebody in section. Tell them he saved me. There are parts of my testimony you still don't know about. All you need to know that I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, but the master, but the master of the sea. He heard my despairing cry and up from the water. Hallelujah. He delivered me. Now save him out. What way it was love. Hallelujah. Ah, it was love. Somebody clap your hands because he saved you Woo. he said uh, when we start evangelizing that's going to be a sign of great revival when we take over Walmart in one of the aisles hallelujah I saw it growing up sister Burley May Hunt in my one stoplight town you could hear her all the way in the meat section because you call we would see each other in the grocery store. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And she would like, tell you, man, I see her. You know, I see her. <laughs> and she would start testifying. And it made the God of our salvation real. Because people were saying what it was doing for them. Hallelujah. Yes. Evangelism is really not the assignment of the pastor. It's the assignment of the sheep. 
Because sheep, they got sheep, not shepherds. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And this week coming in be fueled with the word of God. And we get revived. I'm declaring tonight that there's such an outpouring that's about to take place. Even in this region. I know in this region we've seen God move in times past. But I declare to you Joshua for this region is not a purpose. Not a person. Joshua is a generation. There is a generation that's raising up with the holy frustration. Hear me. Your frustration for more of God is not demonic. Your frustration in this church system is not the devil. There's an urgency in you. This is a Thomas generation that says I need to see something. I have heard the testimonies of times past and I know God has moved in times past but I believe that God is still yet raising up a chosen generation I need to hear a sound tonight of those who have a holy frustration you got a desire for more this is good but I want to see the more of God Woo, I want to see the more of God so evangelism I, I believe it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take over on the college campus evangelism Hallelujah, it's going to take over that when the news put a microphone to your mouth, that you won't be silent concerning your faith. You won't worry about being politically correct. Hallelujah. You'll have LOL. You'll live out loud. Glory to God. If everybody else can be bold about their sin, how much more should we be bold about our faith? Oh, hallelujah. Let me hear the warrior saints who they made up in their mind. I will not be silent when I consider what God has done for me I can't keep my mouth closed when people look at you and look how successful you are you better tell them the truth you better tell them it ain't my last name it's not the money in my account this is the Lord's doing hey 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 and it's marvelous when they talk about the house you live in you gotta know this is the Lord's house I didn't have the credit for it I didn't have the money for it but he made a way Tell your neighbor, tell the real story. Tell the real story. Oh, wow, look at y'all. Y'all got the most perfect marriage. You got to tell the story. Tell them, well, actually, 10 years ago. You ain't got to go all into the details, but you got to tell them it was around about 10 years ago. We almost called it quits. Hallelujah. But look what the Lord has done. God kept us together. She tried to leave me and I told her I was going with her. Come on, somebody. You got to tell the whole story. Got to tell the whole story. And then I will hasten very quickly to my text. My introduction is always long. Don't worry about it. Not, not only evangelism, but I believe as we see a move of God happen in our hour in this day, it's going to be through the vehicle of prayer. No. No. Prayer. I'm talking about when we get arrested in prayer again. Because you can't do this supernatural assignment through the arms of your flesh. Scott, you know the reason why people are so easily burnt out now? It's because they're trying to do this spiritual thing with their flesh. Hmm. Well, we have musicians that play, but they don't pray. Preachers who preach, but they don't have a prayer life. 
Oh, hallelujah. Well, we leave prayer to a handful of the women. Oh, but the Bible says men shall always pray and not faint. The reason why some of us are so easy to quit every 30 days because we don't have a prayer life. God is calling us. Hallelujah. God is calling us to abandon some of our programs for some more prayer services. Woo, hallelujah. When was the last time you got caught up? In, see, when you really get caught up in prayer, you'll get up and you'll find out you were there longer than you anticipated. That's when you go out of the natural into the supernatural. I'm talking about when God arrests you, when God really arrests you in prayer, because there's nothing that God does special in the earth outside of doing it through prayer. Hallelujah. He reveals his secrets in prayer. He gives you melodies and lyrics. And sometimes in prayer, he may not answer all your questions, but he'll settle your spirit. He'll give you, it was that good, right? He'll put a, he'll give up. Anybody ever went into prayer and you had anguish and anxiety and you came out with no answers? Hallelujah. But you had a peace about it. You says, I got a feeling. Everything is going to be all right. Jesus told me everything. Hallelujah. For, for we know all things work together for the good. Some kind of way this thing going to work out because we gain confidence when we pray but we end up talking more about praying than actually praying different forms of prayer or you have what because i grew up in church to the point it was only one style of praying and that was the auction called the auction style of praying pastor don i call it lord move lord touch you lord touch my mama touch my daddy lord touch my father touch my sister. can i get a five can i get a five can i get a ten 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 fifteen uh-huh. but when you walk with god it's prayer that I call conversing. Where you just talk to him. When you're on your way to work. And you turn down the radio. And you say, God, if I'm going to walk in here today. Help me to keep my mouth closed, Lord. Lord, you know this person at my job cannot stand me. But I'm going to ask you to cover me because God, you know what happened yesterday. Just a real conversation. And when everybody else is taking smoke breaks, you can take a praise break and go to the bathroom and make sure you look under all the stalls. Make sure you're not in there with nobody. And then go in there and shut the door and say, oh God, there's an opening coming. Lord, if you give me that position with that corner office, I promise you. I'm going to give you the credit. That's just a conversation with God. Like Abraham did. Abraham had a meal with him. Sat down and had a conversation. But then there's prayers called seeking. And there are moments in your life where it would seem like God is hiding. He's so close. And then there are moments he can feel so distant. And then those type of prayers are called seeking prayers. Because if he doesn't hide, you don't seek. And there are moments that when God requires a seeking out of you, it's because the journey of prayer is just as important as the destination of prayer. There are times in seeking prayer, God is working some things out of you. God is purifying your motives. Because sometimes what we're praying about is not what God is really concerned about. And so God would take you through a journey of prayer.
where you're seeking, trying to find the cadence of God just to discover the heart of God, seeking prayer. And then you have what we call travailing prayers. Travailing. Now, these are prayers you can't read out of a prayer book. You can't buy a travailing prayer devotional book. These are prayers, hallelujah, with something got to be birthed in the spirit. Some of y'all may not know what I'm talking about. 30% of y'all go know. When you feel God is about to birth something in the spirit, you say, hey! yeah. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I'm talking about when God gets you out of your bed in the middle of the night and you don't know where your child is and you start walking the floor. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Hey, hey. Oh God, oh God. Stretch out your hand, Lord. I need somebody to open up the mouth and begin to travail in the spirit. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it. Move by your spirit. Oh Lord. Come on, you got to get out of your flesh for this one. Come on. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. See, this next move of God is going to come through a travail. It's got to go beyond your intellect and come up out of your spirit. Jesus. Come on, church. Jesus. There's another level that's getting ready to come up out of you. Some of you have been trying to go to another level. God says that next level is coming up out of you. Jesus. Oh, I feel the Lord. I feel oh na 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 yeah. Oh, I feel the Lord. Oh na 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 yeah. Come on, open up your mouth, Zion. Come on, open up your mouth, Zion. Come on, open up your mouth, Zion. There's another move. There's another move. Some of you, your gifts have been laying dormant, but I declare the gift of prophecy be stirred in your belly. The gift of healing be stirred in your belly. The gift of faith be stirred in your belly. Come on, Zion. Come on, the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, I declare for it to be stirred in your belly. Will you take your hand and lay it on your neighbor's shoulder and just begin to travail? Come on, midwives. Come on, midwives. Come on, midwives. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Lord. Hey. Oh, I feel the Lord. Come on, push. Push. Take 30 more seconds and push in the Holy Ghost. God is about to catch you up. He's about to put you on schedule. Hey, hey, hey. Some of you, what you were carrying, you thought it was dead. But I command your baby to start kicking again. I, I command your ministry to start kicking. Somebody tried to resign and walk away from the ministry. But somebody pick up a travail. Oh, oh. oh, there it is. I want you to lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and start your banner like their future depends on it. Go ahead. Shut up. There it is. Somebody's water is breaking in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's water. Somebody's water is breaking. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. 
come on, come on, come on. Come on, up and out of your belly. 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 Yeah, la, 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 Somebody just canceled a miscarriage over somebody. Another form of prayer is called praying in the Holy Ghost. I've been mentoring, I've been mentoring a pastor in my city, and they, they're not a, a spirit-filled church or movement. And they asked me recently about the tongues. I try not to try to operate in wisdom. When I'm helping people navigate that don't come from my background. And they say, well, so you speak in tongue? I said, yes. They said, how often do you speak in tongue? I said, all the time. And they, they looked at each other and said, oh, mm, okay. I said, but you got to ask me, why do I speak in tongues? They said, oh, okay, why do you speak in tongues? I said, because I'm so weak. They said, huh? I said, no. My tongues is not a sign of my spiritual height. It's not a badge of my spirituality. The Bible says, building up your most holy faith. How you praying in the Holy Ghost? The Bible says the Spirit helps my infirmities. You don't need to pray in tongues unless you're too weak for the assignment that God has called. But if you know your assignment is great, hallelujah, you ought to get up in the morning. There's somebody in this room tonight you may have never experienced glossolia or speaking in the spirit, but just lift up your hands right now and you didn't got a prayer language. Open up your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to beg him for it. Just open up your the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God. If you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get our quality content, inspirational, motivational and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. We want to hear from you. You've been blessed by our ministry. We'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media. And take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like. 
to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up 